0: F this job. We're off to Studio 666 with Cyrano and the Duke. I'm Van Connor,
1: And I'm Zara Phelan, and this is your seven-day guide for everything movies.
0: Boom. Groovy. Welcome to Offscreen. Another seven-day guide of cinematic goodness awaits us. Welcome, Zara Phelan, filling in for Bex, who's off at, I think it's Mobile World Conference, doing some NFT think i don't even really know what nfts are yet so i'm not cool enough to go but uh, i do get to sit and talk movies with you though which i think is infinitely cooler so and, and the best part is Sarah, you got the coolest possible screening of our first movie this week because we're going to talk about joe wright's cyrano and uh, well, how, how does it feel to be back by the way i've not asked
1: um, okay i suppose <laughs> <laughs>
0: As long as we can live to that, then. Tell us tell us what it was like going to, you went to, was it Dubai you went to? Oh, no, Saudi, you went to I Saudi. I went to
1: Saudi Arabia, yes. You went
0: to Saudi Arabia uh, to the Saudi Film Festival, and you covered Cyrano there.
1: I did. It wasn't that great, but the screen was big. Um, the Arabs don't like to um, not have their phones with them at all, so that was a bit of an issue. Um, but otherwise, it was fun. It was very hot.
0: I, I, w- I would imagine, I would imagine. So, so Cyrano, a new adaptation of, uh, of you know, the, the, the iconic uh, work of Cyrano de Bergerac. Uh, this is actually, though, an adaptation of, is it the 2018 stage musical uh, adaptation of that by Erica Schmidt, who's, who's uh, written here as well, um, directed for the screen by Joe Wright, and it stars Peter Dinklage, Kelvin Harrison Jr., who I think, Kel- is Kelvin Harrison Jr. a Hamilton alum by any chance?
1: I think he is actually yeah. I feel
0: like he is and then Hayley Bennett remember Hayley Bennett she was going to be the next big thing for five minutes about five years ago when she was in The Magnificent Seven and The Girl on the Train but she's back here and she she's the next big thing because everybody wants wants to be with Hayley Bennett we all know the story of Cyrano de Bergerac you have uh, you know the guy who can't get the girl but he has the silver tongue and he offers mm-hmm. to provide the words for the hunky brainless one to woo her in his stead only for this to cause romantic complications between the two as they both pursue this one woman with whom they are both in love First he has too much heart and then not enough You're jealous Me?
1: It's fascinating, you're both brilliant but exact opposites in style Christian is overt passionate, fiery
0: Where's I?
1: You are coded Witty Rueful? Coded? His words aren't better than yours, just differently put. But both are endlessly quotable.
0: You know his letters by heart. I mean, I think we knew going into this one that Dinklage was going to knock this out of the park. Like, this is, this is a home run. This is a very, very easy home run to see coming for Peter Dinklage. Like, how is he not going to be great? As Cyr- like, Suriname de to most people our age, is represented by Steve Martin in Roxanne. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you could absolutely, and, and, and to a lesser extent, Rowan Atkinson in that episode of Blackout of the Third, to an extent as well, <laughs> where they do this exact plot. But we all kind of know the story because it's been done in different tropes but obviously having seen like Game of Thrones and what Peter Dinklage can just knock out on a weekly basis we kind of knew he'd be great in this I thought this was really good I thought this worked I mean the fact, I didn't even know it was a musical I went into it not knowing it was a musical. I still had a great time did you did you know this was a musical how? I was gonna say how did you not know that this was a musical did you
1: see a trailer
0: <laughs> somehow I did not but anyway enough about me I think this was a good time great adaptation how does Cyrano work for you Zara?
1: I mean I like for the, the musical numbers I think they're all pretty forgettable to be quite honest I mean yeah I may have seen this about two months ago now but I can't remember a single song that I heard but like you said about Peter Dinklage he's absolutely phenomenal in this I mean he he couldn't he, do, he never does any wrong really does he
0: no, no, he never does. And this is one of the things that he's just been waiting for a star vehicle since the station agent, which was, I think that's 20 years this year. It's 20 years next year the station agent, actually. So he's just been waiting for this big star vehicle to come on. It's nice that he's, he's been given this, finally, after years of being just one of the most reliable supporting actors alive. I mean, he's he's basically on par with like Paul Giamatti in that way. But uh, Cyrano, I, I do think it's one of those where it will work for younger or popular corn crowns but I think it will work for purists as well I think it stays close enough to the source material as well and the original story that it'll still work for them I don't think this is going to offend anyone's sensibilities being a musical or anything like that I think this has got a generally crowd-pleasing element going for it. I think this will go down quite well. So that's Cyrano. That is in cinemas from today, rated 12A. Also in cinemas from today, and most certainly not rated at 12A, indeed rated a hard 18, deservedly so, is the debut narrative feature film, and I have to stress that word narrative because they have been the focus of feature documentaries, um, of the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters star in Studio 666, which I didn't know existed until Super Bowl Sunday, I think it was Super Bowl Sunday when the trailers uh, trailers came out and. Holy God, I have to see that. Uh, I've been obsessed with it ever since. I've not tried the meat liquor promotion that tied in with this yet. I really <laughs> want to. I have to see if they can do a keto or bundles version for me. Um, so, this stars the Foo Fighters as themselves. The idea, basically playing sort of ex- slightly exaggerated fictionalized versions. The idea here is the, the well of creativity has run dry on the cusp of recording album 10 for the Foo Fighters. And so, at the behest of their sleazy, corrupt man. Played by uh, Jeff Garland. Um, they are seconded away into a, a derelict mansion from the annals of rock and roll history, in which there was a massacre decades earlier in the early 1990s by a band called Dream Widow, where the lead singer just snapped and murdered everyone. They, they go there to record their new album. And no sooner do they arrive than they start to not only find inspiration in the house, but the house starts to find inspiration in them
1: how you feeling everything okay ever since we moved into this house my mind is flooded
0: we all have writer's block this is not just a creepy rock and roll house it allows spiritual entities to cross into our world One flew over the cuckoo's nest, crazy. It's
1: this place, man? Let's finish the track. Can we just
0: wait, dude? I'll be honest with you. This, this, like the trailer on its own is funnier than the movie because the trailer works for about the same length as a Saturday Night Live sketch or a Funny or Die skit or like a college humor video that you'd see online. Yeah. And if it was one of those, it would be great. I mean, if this were 15 minutes, it would be great, but it really wears out its welcome very quickly. And a big part of it is, and there was no way that we could have known this, the Foo Fighters can't act.
1: No, really? Please,
0: well, is that big of <laughs> The thing is, though, could be forgiven for being mistaken on that because they've spent three decades now on the peripheries of the film industry. Because they're so closely associated with, like, the Farrelly brothers and Jim Carrey and people like that, it, it, it makes sense that you associate the, their presence with movies like me, myself, and Irene, and, and just to the, the entertainment industry in general, as being that they have any kind of acting ability. Sadly, there is not an acting bone to be found in the bunch. Um, this could have been Wayne's World meet Shaun of the Dead. This could have been airheads meets this is the end there was a lot going for this on concepts alone and it just doesn't work it's a really really thin gag that's then just stretched out to the point that it's quite unfunny and it's a horror comedy that's not particularly funny but then isn't particularly frightening either. It definitely goes down the more gore route than the actual scare route. Uh, Although the the creature effects on the sort of griblies that are tormenting Dave Grohl are pretty fun. And some of the death scenes are novel and inventive. There's that going for it. But this feels like something you'd watch on Netflix and not think about ever again. You'd watch this on, you know, a, a beer and pizza night on Netflix, probably doubled up with Tucker and Dale versus evil. And you'd think that Tucker and Dale was the better movie. Um... I will say, though, that as far as band movies go, like movies starring bands as themselves, is arguably one of the better ones. And I say that regardless of being a fan of the... (laughs) This movie (laughs) certainly does centre around their most recent album that I haven't really taken to. Um, I will say it's better than S Club Seeing Double... Or Spice World the movie. Well, um, known, is it? Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and it's certainly, certainly, at the very, very least, if nothing else, a damn sight better than the status quo Pacific set island <laughs> heist adventure, Bula Bula Quo. <laughs> Welcome back to Off Screen and keeping it with new releases for this week. Let's talk about a documentary. Let's talk about F this job. It's not called F this job, obviously, Zara. It's it's <laughs> called the full word, but there's an astro, uh, an uh, what do you call it? an at symbol where the yeah. U would be. Um, this is a documentary. I mean, tell me, tell me how this one goes for like <laughs> fortuitous timing for releases, <laughs> because if ever you needed to release a documentary about, you know, an upstart, uh, voice-of-the-people Russian news outlet and how it bravely takes on the autocratic forces of Putin's regime. Mm. Surely this week would be a hell of a week to release they, that they've, one.
1: In. They've done that pretty, timed that
0: very well. <laughs> I mean, technically speaking, there's never really a dull week with Putin, but uh, <laughs> this one was a doozy. So this is a new documentary. Interestingly enough, so this documentary is both... Uh, Written and directed, but also narrated by—I'm uh, trying to uh, forgive me the pronunciation here uh, Bira Khrushchevskaya, who is a producer of the news outlets who is the sub- who are the subject of this documentary. So it's about the Doged News Outlet, and Doge translates to rain. And they—I um, think their slogan is the Optimistic Channel. I think they call themselves yeah. the Optimistic Channel, and yeah. they set themselves up as we are a Western-style liberal media outlet for modern russia and of course you can imagine being that naturally puts you very quickly in the crosshairs of of vladimir putin and his government but the interesting twist in this tale, of course, is that the uh, the figurehead and the face of this news outlet is uh, one Natasha Sindivan. And Natasha Sindiva, in the in the early two thousands, is sort of a Paris Hilton like it girl. kind of like we used to have Tara Palmer Tonkinson back in the day, if you remember such yeah. a thing. When we used to have like it proper it girl, that's who she was. And then she just randomly decided one day to become like the figurehead of a liberal news outlet and go and challenge power like you think, okay interesting idea um
1: I don't think she actually went out to challenge power it's just she wanted to do a tv studio and it just so happened that's what
0: happened yeah, but, but this is but this is the idea so but the interesting thing part this about this is none of this gets anything more than a sort of a cursory mention so you get loads of these little things like, and, and then this weird and insane thing having like oh, 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 okay Should we not dwell on that for a second? I mean, there are literal... I mean, like, there are people turn around like, oh, by the way, I'm getting divorced. Oh, by the way, I have cancer. Things like that happen throughout this. And what you find constantly is, with uh, 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 Khrushchevskaya narrating it as well, there is no attempt whatsoever to maintain any objective distance from it. And that proximity to it and that obvious reverence for that material, when she starts imbuing her own personal takes on things... You, you do start to think, oh, yeah, I feel like someone else, literally anybody else, should have made it. I mean, don't go me wrong, it's got style, and it's got swagger and everything.
1: It's like yeah. neon
0: drenched and it's got the pop music. It, it, yeah, stylistically, it's cool and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the substance it, is, is, it will leave you lacking, will leave yeah. you wanting. In particular, uh, Sindiva herself being the interesting character that she is, she's really underserved by this.
1: Yeah. I do think it's very quite blinkered as well. Like you said, it's just like quite narrow, not narrow sighted. Mm. It just it's to, oh, we're brilliant, we're brilliant. And, you
0: know. Yeah, there's a lot of self celebration, isn't there? Yes. There's a lot of spurious yeah. self celebration going on. Like, yeah, but rather than celebrating how amazing you were, could you just tell us some of what you were doing? Yeah. Or, or what was going on? Rather than just that you were great at it you know what I mean exactly
1: Exactly. and you know I I was expecting you know considering everyone around them were being threatened by the Russian government they didn't get any threats Real threats.
0: There is something about it because obviously, within, I mean, they're still around today. The dozed out there mm. is still around, but it's on YouTube behind a paywall because that's the ultimate sort of safety barrier for it, it seems. So, this is one of those rise and fall, but kind of without the fall, they're kind of still going. They've not been taken down yet. So, it's kind of an interesting story in that sense that we don't really get to see many of these. But the most interesting elements to the story, which are in particular this very fascinating figure that it has at its core. Are just completely underserved by a documentary that I think is too into itself. Very clearly. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk then about something that I think is a slightly different speed, Miss mm-hmm. Feeling. Let's uh, let's talk about the Duke, which you and I you and I saw this together on uh, on Monday. Uh, Jim Broadbent, um, mm-hmm. Helen Mirren. This is I did not know this story. I did not know this true story at all. Do you want to do you want to take the lead on this? By all means, take it away. Tell us about the Duke.
1: Okay well this one is about it's it's based in 1961 and it's about a 60 year old taxi driver um who steals the goya's portrait of the duke of wellington from the national gallery in london um and then he goes on to basically uh, ask for a ransom for to help out the elderly and in particular um all to do with the TV licence, to have the free TV licence for the elderly.
0: I give them the patent, they put on an exhibition, charge the public to see the Duke and give me the proceeds. Bingo! How much does an exhibition raise? 30,000? 50,000? Who knows? The not been out the news, has it? I'll be able to pay for God knows how many TV licences. You're not really going to use it all on telly licences. Why not? Just saying, who could make use of a couple of grand? You think Robin Hood took a rake off? Aye, <laughs> Jackie, Robin Hood. What if they're in it with the coppice? You'll give them the painting, they don't cuff up, and they shop you. The mirror. This is the worker's paper, Jackie lad. Jim Broadbent and is it Fionn Whitehead from Dunkirk there as well yeah, which yeah, again uh, actually I was surprised we didn't see him anything uh, sooner after I think he tended to be one or two little things but uh, this was quite a, a charming little movie it was like 90 minutes or so wasn't it
1: yeah it was I mean I actually got a little bit bored to be honest you know it's, it's not something that we haven't seen before
0: No, no, there is that too. I mean, to be fair, it's one of those that you've seen, like, Jim Broadbent do this kind of thing a billion times as well. Like, it does seem like he is absolutely playing to tie. But then again, everybody in it is. It doesn't seem to be a film that's particularly aimed at telling a particularly new story. I mean, because without knowing the historical events, it didn't deliver me any kind of a new story. It was the same kind of movie I've seen before, but just kind of delivered with that vintage Jim Bent charm, Helen Mirren giving some admirable support. Like, you know, this was like a week in the life of Helen Mirren. This was just like one week's work for her. <laughs> ah, so play Jim's wife for a week sure i haven't seen him for a few months we will go and hang out for a week i'll pick up a check while i'm there you know and it works like it's a charming enough little movie um I liked it. I, it's one of those that I think is going to be more in pursuit of what, uh, what Bex would ordinarily refer to as the grey pound, you know, yes. the, uh, the, the, the silver-haired audience. But yeah. I think it's, it's something that I think is going to find its home, not even on streaming, but on Freeview and on Film 4 on, like, yeah. midnight evenings at 7pm. Like, I think yeah. it's that kind of a crowd.
1: Well, as I called it, a Sunday afternoon film.
0: <laughs> Absolutely that. And now it's time for a segment we like to call "Off Screen Pays the Bills." Hey, Zara.
1: Hey, Van. What's going on?
0: <laughs> hey, nothing going on but the rent. You know how it is. Which is actually very handy that we have sponsors this week to to, to help with that uh, that rather insurmountable task. And I want to talk to you about Storyblocks. Now, you and I haven't talked about Storyblocks before. You're gonna love this company, Zara. So, um, you know, when we're editing our videos and things like that, we want our stock footage. We want, you know, when we're doing news stories and we just want an image of a cinema, but we don't to have to go on google and like infringe on someone's copyright and then get the angry email that we then have to go back and take it down you know like we've all had to do it so but you're smiling like you know exactly what i'm talking about oh yes
1: oh yes <laughs> i know very well
0: <laughs> well guess what storyblocks absolutely got you covered so welcome to the one-stop shop for it all so one subscription and you get access to all sorts of materials like you know your motion template your motion graphics templates for premiere pro mm-hmm. your, your different uh, types of titles and things like that. even those are in here you can get royal Royalty-free music, royalty-free video loops, backgrounds, photos, everything. Affordable subscriptions. There's different tiers. Uh, there's unlimited downloads. This is all royalty-free, demand-driven content, which of course nicely ties in with the fact that there's a lot of uh, diverse and inclusive-driven content as well. So. No more, uh, you know, standard thirty-year-old white man stock footage. Oh no, there is actual diversity to be found here as well. And you can set up your free account today at Storyblocks.com/slash. Off screen, I can't recommend it highly enough. Zara, you would you'd get an immense amount of use out of story blocks.
1: I'm going straight there,
0: <laughs> naturally <laughs> enough. So let me tell you about New Mooner. Are you tired of guessing how to grow your freelance career? Wondering how to land the next big client? Wanting to bring on help or find a new space, but not able to get the resources you need? Numina is the first professional app built exclusively for freelancers and entrepreneurs to help with specific needs like filing taxes, financing projects, and building professional relationships. It's a place where you can network, get expert advice, develop new skills, and consider flexible finance options so you can finally take your business to the next level. With Numina, you can expect the support you need to operate and expand your business. Your financial freedom is waiting. Join the newest freelancer community at Pro. That's noumen dot pro. But if you're looking for something to perhaps chill out and pass the leisure time with instead, Zara, how about a podcast? Let's talk about Gen X, This Is Why, which is a podcast series hosted by Gen X sisters Jenny and Amy that looks at media from the Gen X childhood experience. With huge movies from the 70s and 80s like uh, Pretty in Pink and Top Gun even episodes of Little House on the Prairie, all in the name of <laughs> The origin of some of gen x's weirdest fears phobias and and social norms there's no i've checked for you zara there's no 90210 as yet. No. i know this thought your first thought was have they have they done beverly hills 90210? i have checked no oh, no, no party of five for me, but I don't know it's party of five, Gen Z. Uh, I'm not, Gen Z, Gen X, sorry. I'm so used to saying Gen Z these days. I never get to say Gen X anymore. Because I can, I think, do you do you go with, you go with Gen X, don't you?
1: Oh, I'm Gen X, yeah.
0: You're Gen X. I consider myself a millennial. Like I'm just sort of, I, I'm not quite of the Ethan Hawke, uh, Winona kind of age, but uh, you know. Anyway, I myself, personally, I rather talk to the Dirty Dancing episode of Gen X, This Is Why, but there are loads to choose from. Uh, just seek out Gen X, This Is Why, why on most podcast apps or by visiting GenXThisIsWhy.com.
1: And welcome back to Offscreen and this, uh, and now we're talking about Freeview.
0: Yes, and one of my very, very favourite ones uh, starting our Freeview run for this week is uh, tonight's Horror Channel, 9 p.m. I'm freely going to hold my hands up and admit that there were slim pickings, okay? There were not great options. Um, uh, you know, best, best of a limited pool, but it's still a banger, and the only reason I'm putting this caveat on it is because I talk about this movie a lot. It's 1982's The Thing, uh, d- written and directed by John Carpenter. And incidentally, John Carpenter, uncredited cameo in Studio 666. Weird thing, like just turns up as like one of the mixing guys for the Foo Fighters in Studio Six Six Six. Can't explain that. Just does, and like even stops and asks, "Like, you sure you want to stay here?" Like on the way out. Great moment. Love, love seeing John Carpenter. Always and forever. Love you, Johnny. Anyway, let's talk about the thing. Um, it's what a cast. I mean, Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley, Keith David. I think in this, all in the snow. Warm is the was it? Man is the warmest place to hide. I believe is the the tagline. Who is the alien parasite? This led to so so many imitators. None have ever come close. Although I'll probably make a case for the X Files episode Ice, which uh, you know they did it with David Duchovny and Julian and Anderson in the snow with like an alien worm. That is great. And also has Xander Berkeley in it, which also always gets extra point from me. But nine p.m. tonight on the Horror Channel the thing john carpenter's seminal classic and if you're a pub trivia nerd and someone ever asks you what the one of the best remakes of all time is just say the thing the things the thing or scarface are like the best remakes ever father of the bride steve martin like best remakes ever just that's your pub trivia answer anyway <laughs> on to uh, saturday night one i know we've both seen zara and we both love and uh, i believe this was up for an oscar he didn't win yeah. Okay. Idiots have told... Idiots have uh, talked smack about this movie over the years. I have put paid to them all only for Netflix to drop half a billion for two sequels and prove me gosh darn right. <laughs> 9 p.m. Saturday night, Channel 4. It's knives out. Come on, it's the ultimate whodunit, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I remember... I just saw this uh, advertised the other day, and I, I said to my dad, Go watch this, it's brilliant. Even if nothing but for Chris Evans in a cardigan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's that maritime. Is it like a naval sweater? where's the knitted naval, like lighthouse sweater. Yes. Doesn't he even makes yeah. that look sexy, darn it. But Knives Out um, stars D- Daniel Craig as super sleuth Benoit Blanc, the man who solves it all with a southern drawl, who uh, investigates the, uh, the mysterious death of uh, murder mystery novelist uh, Hal- is it Harlan Thromby, played by Christopher Plummer. Yeah. And uh, you've got the all star cast of potential suspects, all of whom are his family members and staff. Uh, it's absolutely wonderful I can't wait to see what they've done With the next two of these But the, the first is is This Saturday night, Channel 4 I can't recommend it highly enough Thank you all for getting together like this It isn't legally necessary But I thought because you're all in town And some of you are leaving soon Excuse me uh, uh, I'm sorry Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to gently request that you all stay in town until the investigation is completed. Uh,
1: well, he's gently requesting, but I'm gonna have to make that in order. No one move until we figure this all out. What? Can we ask why? Has something changed? No. No, it hasn't changed, or
0: no, we can't ask? Mr. Stevens, uh, you may continue. Oh, Tony Collette, there, Keith Stanfield. You can't hear Don Johnson or Michael Shannon in the room, but oh god, I love this movie. I, I, it's one of those I can watch over and over again, and it is on one of the streaming. I think it's on Amazon Prime.
1: I think it might uh, this be yeah. First one.
0: Um, so on to and this is one. I mean, most most picks picks almost always on uh, on streaming somewhere. I think our next one, which is Sunday night at ten past eleven. On BBC One. I think this one is also to be found on Netflix. Uh, This is the Seth Rogen Charlize Theron rom com Long Shots uh, from a couple of years ago. She's the high flying dignitary and political states lady. He's the chlubby speechwriter. Can they make a go of it? Can they be a couple? More importantly, how many times can they cram that rock set song in there? Well,. I thought this was perfectly charming. I quite like Longshore. I mean, of course, you know, for me personally, any movie that forever minds the concept of how hot a woman can a guy like Seth Rogen believably get together with? Obviously, I have a vested interest in that concept. Otherwise, I wouldn't be getting married. Anyway, um, let's talk about uh, Armageddon then on Monday night, 28th February, ITV4 at 10pm. Again, this is one we've talked about before, but you, you there weren't many great options and Armageddon is academically it's pretty well-rounded you know I mean how many movies with this bigger character base actually define all those characters in as quick and efficient a manner as they do in this script also did you know that JJ Abrams partly wrote this
1: it does I didn't but it doesn't surprise me
0: oh well, it does he was part of that you know that that uh you know early Disney era back when Disney used mm. to make studio movies like this before they entirely went franchise-based. But yes, Armageddon, in which Bruce Willis goes to space to avoid paying tax, um, is on uh, ITV4 Monday night at... 10... That's the plot of Armageddon! We forget that, don't we? We forget Armageddon is about Bruce Willis not wanting to pay taxes. Okay. That is... Bruce Willis would rather die than pay taxes, okay? That is the moral of Armageddon. Okay? <laughs> On to Tuesday then, BBC 2 11.15. Here's a movie that seemingly never comes up. Um, directed by George Clooney, starring Matt Damon and Oscar Isaac. It's Suburbicon from 2017. You remember this one? This was quite a John right, Watersy, yeah, Cohen Brothersy kind of a, a kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, right. I wasn't a fan, if I remember I rightly. Th-
0: I think this is actually written by the Coen brothers, but directed by Clooney. It's a very strange one. And it does feel like it's kind of Coen brothers light. It centres around sort of 1950s, you know... Pitt, you know Norman Rockefeller. Uh, you know, kind of American suburb, the American dream. Uh, Matt Damon is the bank clerk whose home is broken into one night. In the meanwhile, we have issues of segregation going on in the neighborhood when an African American family moves in for the first time, and all of the various little plot strands going on in a neighborhood where nothing is quite as it seems. Linda, I, no calls. Sorry, Mr. Lodge, but I thought you. This one, it's the police department. I'll take it. Yes. Mr. Lodge? Yes. This is
1: Captain Gail Hightower. Right off the bat, I gotta tell you, I'm sorry about your wife. Thank
0: you. The other thing is,
1: I got a couple of guys here I'd like you to look at. Stanford police picked them up last night and sent them down
0: because of your description. They've been caught? Uh, Don't get too anxious there, Mr. Lodge. Nobody's been caught unless you say they have. These
1: are just two clowns picked up trying to kill each other.
0: Well, what do you want me to do? Take a look at them. You know if you'd be so kind or not. There's some great energy to this movie. I love the vibe of it. It didn't. It wasn't a tremendous hit, and it wasn't like critically lauded. I think it was a little bit too popcorny and too throwaway. For I to found a it very
1: Stepford Wives esque.
0: Quite, quite. Although, I mean, the remake, better than the remake of Stepford Wives, at any rate, that one with Matthew Broderick. Good Lord, let's never remember that movie. Uh, Let's move on then to, um, this didn't get a remake. This got a sequel TV series before that was cool. Okay, so this is Wednesday night, film four, 9 p.m., an early Tom Cruise thriller with Gene Hackman. Oh, man, remember when Gene Hackman was in movies? Oh, I miss those days. You knew where you stood with Gene Hackman in a movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Gene Hackman showed up in a movie, thought, we're about to get some gristle. And you got that when you watched The Firm. Back in the day in which Tom Cruise is the, basically the, the, the newly starting out, newly minted lawyer, ready to start his career, takes the, the job at the prestigious firm, which almost seems too good to be true, only to discover they're not really so much a law firm, so much as they are the acceptable face of the mob. And, well, him having gripes with that, that doesn't go down too well. They did make a sequel TV show to this in, I think, about 2008, 2009, starring Josh Lucas as the uh, the tom cruise character and molly parker from the lost in space uh show on netflix and the jockey yeah. recently as his as his wife uh, that worked in in a very similar narrative to the movie and it literally worked on as the next chapter in mitch's life really worth checking out if you ever get the chance to um never gets any praise but i thought it was really good See where it all began, though, with this tight and tidy Tom Cruise Gene Hackman thriller, Wednesday night, film for 9pm. That's The Firm. It's a classic, isn't it? It's like the Pelican Brief, one of those great 90s thrillers. Yeah. Um, I think, it's, uh, I think this, is, this is one of those that's kind of like the Full Monty. It's a classic British feel-good movie, but this one comes with a little bit of Regency, doesn't it? It's 2009's The King's Speech for Thursday night, 9pm on BBC4. Zara, come on, I, I, I can't remember. Do you have The King's Speech on your DVD shelf? Your DVD shelf is like the, the masterwork of minted movies, I think.
1: Yes, I do have it in, in the collection, yes. I have a soft spot for a bit of a, you know, Colin Firth.
0: Of course, of course. <laughs> and, of course, here paired with uh, Geoffrey, uh, Geoffrey Rush, uh, the whole true story of the king trying to overcome his speech impediment to, in order to basically well, front the face of the anti-war effort on the eve of Britain's entry into World War Two. Colin Firth, Geoffrey Rush, an absolute... Banger, an award... Well, this was an awards award. It was And in the bottom carter as well.
1: Don't forget it. Hel- always
0: forgetting bottom carter. Sorry. Because she yeah. doesn't get any of the big cursing rants, so she slips <laughs> from my memory. Speaking of which, let's, move, let's, let's, let's go straight to those rants. Why do you stammer so much more with David than you ever do with me? Because you're bloody well paid to listen. Bertie, I'm not a geisha girl. Stop trying to be so bloody clever. What is it about David that stops you speaking? What is it about you that bloody well makes you want to go on about it in the whole bloody time? Vulgar but fluent. You don't stammer when you swear. No, bugger off. Is that the best you can do? Well, bloody bugger to you, you beastly oh, A public school prig could do better than that. <laughs> it's brilliant. My favourite <laughs> moments in this movie are genuinely Colin Firth cursing. Never before in history has cursing been an, as Oscar-winning and funny as this, unless it was Bicycle Stacy. <laughs> so, uh, King's Speech rounds off our week rather perfectly. Um, on BBC Four, not Film Four. BBC Four Thursday night, nine pm. Stick around. We're going to be back with everything in between on DVD, on Blu-ray, and on streaming. Welcome back for one last ride off screen. And I know I promised you DVDs and Blu-rays, but it's only when I check the script back that I realize there's actually naff out this next week on DVD and Blu-ray. So sorry, we're going to have to leave you wanting on, on that one. But uh, yeah, the DVD and Blu-ray a bit slim lately. However, streaming is our bay. Let's talk about Snatched, which is coming to Disney+. Plus disney plus disney plus today (laughs) um remember this one this was the the team up of goldie horn and amy schumer they were the mismatched mum and daughter who go on wind up accidentally going on holiday together or forced to go on holiday together and then find themselves in the middle of a south american kidnap plot and the whole crux of this is that you know goldie horn is kind of you know crotchety and a bit curmudgeonly and a bit difficult, and Amy Schumer's just hideously embarrassed by her and at the same time, just really wants to get laid. Um, it's, it's a madcap hijink. It's a madcap adventure full of wacky hijinks. Have a gander. Ah! <laughs> I actually kind of caught a PC. Mom, could you lean out a little bit? Let's Here, put this on. What is this? What? That is a rape. Rape. Listen. That's a rape whistle. What? <clears throat> this is a dog whistle, Mom. Oh, Are you well, afraid these dogs are going to rape me? Can, I, that can, look, can, can I just see that? All can these you look dogs, at the dogs. Did they look like rapists to you? Whatever. Why don't you just say thank you, Mom? Thank you. i raped thing? by a dog. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it works. Hilarious. And you can hear the rest for yourself on Disney Plus from today. So uh, coming to Netflix on Tuesday, March the 1st, because you know the first of the month on, on stream platforms, especially on Netflix, is always just like a gold rush. And amongst the huge list coming this month, we've managed to find three absolute gems. The first stars Ethan Hawke and has become the go-to shorthand for cannibalism or at least justifiable cannibalism at any rate. I am talking, of course, about Alive. I think this was 1992? I want to say, is it 92, Alive?
1: Oh, I have no idea. I've never seen it.
0: It was the story of the soccer team whose plane crashes in the snowy mountains, they're stuck waiting for rescue, and they resort to eating each other. It's more famous than anything for the fact that it kind of dispels the obvious salaciousness of... Cannibalism as an idea yeah. and really not, doubles down on the idea of they did this to stay alive. This is a harrowing drama. This is not in any way sensationalized. This is, you know, the survival, the ordeal. And, you know, again, young, even Hawk in there. Uh, same day, one of my very favorites. I want to say Rom Drams. I think that's <laughs> the way you'd, where you'd go with this one. I think. Yeah one of the most romantic movies ever made it did sod all at the British box office is that the one opened... where he
1: falls in love with the computer <laughs>
0: I mean, if you're going to reductively phrase it that way, yeah. It is, It is, of course, Spike as Her. It opened opposite the Lego movie, so it made nothing. It did not even open in the box office top ten that week. It opened for Valentine's Day. Uh, it stars Joaquin Phoenix, um, opposite a cast that includes... Um, I almost said uh, Catherine Ryan then Then I meant to say Amy Ryan. Then I meant to say Amy Adams. Amy Adams. So not Catherine Ryan, not Amy Ryans, Amy Adams. That's how my mind works. Amy Adams. <laughs> Adams, Chris Pratt, um, uh, Rooney Mara, I think, is in there as well. And, of course, Scarlett Johansson, who fills in for Samantha Morton, I think, at the post-production stage, as the voice of Samantha, an AI daily life assistant with whom Joaquin Phoenix begins a relationship. Actually, the woman that I've been seeing, Samantha, I didn't tell you,
1: but she, she's an OS.
0: You are dating an OS? What is that like? It's great, actually.
1: I feel really close to her, like when I talk to her, I feel like she's with me. Are you falling in love with her? Does that make me a freak? No, no, I think it's... I think anybody who falls in love is a freak. It's a crazy thing to do. It's kind of like a form of socially acceptable insanity.
0: Jones' Her There, which, like a live, comes to Netflix on Tuesday, March the 1st. And actually, Her, um, gorgeous shot, gorgeously shot, I think it was shot a lot, part of it was shot in Asia for its might uh, have been to Tokyo it shot in, or South Korea, um, to get that futuristic city look, but gorgeous, gorgeous cinematography and a wonderful score by Arcade Fire. One of those, if you've got the uh, the sexy 4K TV, stick this song because visually it's, it's really something to drink in. Um, also, <clears throat> coming to Netflix the same day, it's a Stephen King classic. And in the same way that That alive has become the go to shorthand reference for for cannibalism. Cujo, the acceptable shorthand for killer dog. If you say someone, if you're trying to describe a killer dog scenario to someone, you just say Cujo, don't you? Really? Well,
1: I've, I've never actually seen the film, but whenever I hear the name, I just think of that episode of uh, Friends. Where Friends. We, we've never seen it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if, if like, you know, so many people, you've seen that episode of Friends but never seen the movie of Stephen King's Killer Dog, you can now. It's on Netflix. It's going to be on the same day as Alive and Hurt, Tuesday, March 1st. Well worth streaming. It's, it's one of those all-time bangers, but it's one of those that you, you see now and you, you see the billion images imitators that have come since you don't realize how many rip-offs you've sat through or how many times you've watched a dog movie that's contained an homage to (laughs) kusho without you realizing like the number of times you've seen a hostage movie where there's an offhand reference to misery yeah there's a lot of that with Cujo as well so say Netflix on Tuesday uh, one last one then this comes next Wednesday it's kind of a big premiere it's kind of a big deal and it really crapped up this one they, they they surprise announced this one so coming to Disney Plus Wednesday March the 2nd it's this was at one point going to be the final film of Senor Spielberg girl. it is of course his adaptation of West Side Story, which we reviewed, I, you know, you, separately like five minutes ago.
1: I didn't, I didn't actually see it to be honest. Did you not
0: see this one? Did you not get? No. Oh, you were in, you were in Saudi when we did this, yes. I think.
1: Yeah, I was in Saudi Arabia when this the screening came up, and I was like, mind you, when I saw it on your list, I was like, seriously, that can't be coming out yet. <laughs> I thought it was I the know. original that they were putting out. <laughs>
0: I I know, right? No, I think that would be on HBO. Would that be on HBO Max, I think, the original one? But knowing what a fan you are of a good old-fashioned studio, a good old-fashioned studio song and dance movie, like from the the glorious heyday, I will be very interested, Zara, to hear what you make of Spielberg's adaptation. I think you'll enjoy it quite a bit. Um, Say, Ansel Elgort uh, leading the way in a new adaptation of the story of Tony and Maria, the, uh, well, it is. Romeo and Juliet, isn't it? But it's for the yeah. Jets and the Sharks, and it's it's 1950s New York. Do you know what? We all know the score. Let's hear the song. Tonight, tonight, there's only you tonight. What you what you do, what you say. Today, all day, I had the feeling a miracle would happen. I know now i Just the world is a world, there's a Sounds the biz, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, from that clip alone, I'm like, okay, or maybe I'm sold. It does sound like quite the original
0: but this is the thing because it's one of those I don't think this is going to anger any fans of the original or anything like that there are a couple little tweak updates like he's contemporised a couple of little things but nothing that's, that's too overtly distracting or anything like that and really, it does just play like, well, let's be faithful to the original, but let's make it in an actual city as opposed to a soundstage. Yeah. And you do feel like that's the difference. Um, yeah. I say, Disney Plus from Wednesday, March the 2nd, worth checking out. And uh, that leads us to the end. That, that doesn't lead us to the end. It takes us to the end. And next week, and oh, next week. <laughs> next week, we've got some biggies next week. We've got, two, we've got our biggie next week. We've got one yes. that I, I had the pleasure of watching last night. I'm very much lucky. Forward of seeing. Um, so, okay, so let's let's talk. We've got a new mountain climbing documentary next week. We've got the sanctity of space. We've got Ali and Ava next week, which I do hope finally shuts up my friend Rob Yeomans, who at the very least has friends who have worked on this and will not stop harassing me about seeing it. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to that ending. Um, we've also got Fresh. Which stars Sebastian Stan in a movie which I'm reasonably sure comes close to your penthouse fantasy in which a woman is taken hostage by Sebastian Stan.
1: Oh, hey, I'm sold. I'm in. I'm
0: sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you wouldn't enjoy the circumstances, those era. Let's okay. just say that. Oh. I'm looking forward to hearing what you make of it. And last but certainly. Certainly by no means least. Matt Reeves's The Batman is upon us because I don't know about you, Zara, but I think the world has been crying out. Nay, demanding. A dark take on the Batman. It's finally here. So we're going to see if that's any good next week. Um, yeah, good times good times to come. And because uh, it's a day ending in why there's a new Batman.
1: Of course, because all we need is another Batman film.
0: Of course. But for now, I've been Van Connor,
1: And I've been Zara Phelan. And we'll see you again next week.